Hey folks, it's great to be back making noises that fly over the digital superhighway, down some wires or over Bluetooth, and into your ears. I hope you're having a great day. Uh, When you're listening to this episode, we will just have had an election up here in Canada, and we should know what the next two to three years will look like in terms of how we manage this ongoing global situation. It's been a fairly divisive campaign, as seems to be the norm these days, but I always thank my stars that we have music to fall back on. It truly is the most neutral ground we meet on as human beings, and Tom Petty's music especially is for absolutely everyone. In today's episode, I'm talking about the first song on side B of the self-titled debut album, Stranger in the Night. I've included a link in the episode description, as always, so you can go listen to the song on the official Tom Petty YouTube channel. So go away, go away, listen to the song, then come back and we can begin. Back already? Okay, let's do it. Strange in the Night, uh, like Hometown Blues, is a a holdover from the short-lived Tom Petty solo project. Tom was becoming disillusioned with the lack of movement on the single Depot Street, which Mudcrutch needed to get an album release commitment. So Tom decided to quit Mudcrutch and asked Mike Campbell to go with him, which he agreed to. The original idea at the prompting of Denny Cordell was that Tom would essentially be a solo artist, with Mike as his lieutenant of sorts. Those two pre-Heartbreakers songs that ended up on the first album were recorded with non-Heartbreakers musicians mainly, other than Mike, um, and Strange in the Night features Jeff Girard on guitar, Emery Gordy on bass, and Jim Gordon on drums. Gordon was a renowned session musician who had been the drummer in the legendary blues rock band Derek and the Dominoes, alongside Eric Clapton. Gordon's life took a hard left turn in 1983 when, during a psychotic break relating to an undiagnosed schizophrenia, he murdered his mother and was sentenced to 16 years to life in the California medical facility, where he remains to this day. Emery Gordy's musical experience was also very extensive, having toured with Elvis as part of the TCB band in 1973, 79 and 81. Gainesville native Jeff Girard famously went on to reform the band The Motels, playing lead guitar on their 1979 self-titled debut album. The last famous name to appear on this song is Dwight Twilley, who provided backing vocals in the reverb-soaked chorus. And as we talked about in the breakdown episode, it was Twilley who had recognised that the signature riff in Breakdown was the one to build the song around, despite hearing it as part of the outro during a chance visit to the studio during recording. Twilley went on to have an extensive career with both the Dwight Twilley band and as a solo artist. Tom would return the favour in later years, providing vocals for the solo hit Girls and playing bass and appearing in the video of the 1977 release, Looking for the Magic. I'll put a link in the episode notes so you can see a really young-looking Tom rocking out in that video. The experience of having hired guns sitting in to record with even top-caliber ones such as Gordon and Gordy didn't sit well with Tom, however, as he always saw himself as part of a band that stuck together. So, after recording Strange in the Night, Tom started sneaking the rest of the Heartbreakers into the sessions. The Heartbreakers had originally been assembled by Benmont, who invited Tom to record some harmonica in a recording session he'd scored at the Village Recorder. And once Tom heard them play, he knew that they were the right guys to play with as a band. In Conversations with Tom Petty, he tells Paul Zolo, it instantly hit me that, man, you know, this is home. This is where I should be. Having already secured a record contract with Shelter... Tom persuaded Benmont, Stan, Ron, and of course Mike to throw in with him, and the rest is rock and roll history. If side A of the album starts out with a somewhat offbeat song, side B starts out with a pure, straight-up blues rock number. 
Stranger in the Night has a heavy, sticky fingers ear of Stones swagger to it. It has that same basic drum pattern as Brown Sugar through the verses, but with a walking bass line sitting over top and giving the song more movement. Interestingly, Jim Gordon double-tracked the drums on this song, something Tom had never seen done before. According to Tom, he did the track and said, let me have another take, and played exactly a carbon copy and doubled the drum sound. The opening has more studio chatter and instrument warm-up notes, and that really relaxed sort of garage feel to the recording that the whole album has is there again. We get a screeching guitar pick slide over top of the main riff, which is another fairly straight-cut rock and roll lick, and there are two guitar parts panned left and right again with a third slide part mixed uh, more centrally, which really comes to the fore later on. I assume Jeff Gerard is playing the main rhythm lick, or doubling it at least, because that slide guitar has to be Mike Campbell. I was second-guessing that originally because it sounds slightly different to the way Mike usually plays slide licks, but listening to some early live performances of the song, it made me think that, well, it must definitely have been him playing that part. The melody is pretty straightforward, and we only get two chords through the verses and then a push into the short chorus, which just provides a coda to those verses rather than being a sort of a big release. This is another common feature of Tom's earlier writing, I think, is maintaining that tension. It's definitely appropriate in this song, though, especially given the lyrics' subject matter, which we'll talk about later. The bridge is, again, very Rolling Stones bluesy, and you could definitely imagine a horn section filling that out if it had been recorded a couple of albums down the line, certainly if Jeff Lynne had got his hands on it. We get more of that buzzsaw slide playing through the middle eight along with some vocal stabs and harmonies that are mixed down fairly low. The last verse really builds the energy and the ethereal harmonies fade in to build the anxiety that matches those dark lyrics. As with Hometown Blues, Benmont is also absent on this track, which isn't too surprising given that the song predates the, the sort of formal formation of the Heartbreakers as a band. In the early live versions of the track, though, Benmont does play a little honky-tonk-style piano in the intro and then provides more depth through the rest of the song. Okay, let's get into these lyrics. Tom Petty wrote songs of all kinds. Fun, silly stuff with no deep meaning. Personal songs about people or situations in his life. There are abstract songs that can be interpreted in multiple ways, and he did them all effortlessly. Another string to his bow, however, was the ability to tell a story. To create a narrative or characters out of thin air. Stranger in the Night tells the story of a fight between two men. There's definitely a racial undercurrent to the song, and given Tom's southern roots, he would probably have witnessed those types of tensions firsthand. Given his affection for black musicians and artists, however, this is a story told with sympathy for the anti-hero protagonist. You could interpret the song as being the tale of a slave confronting his master, or maybe a young African-American fighting back against a white supremacist. However you read it, the anger and malice in the tone of the story is unlike anything Tom wrote again, at least that I know of. The first verse sets up a portentous moment in time. But something didn't seem right, nor things seemed kind of queer. The second stanza then introduces the two armed belligerents with the revelation that the crazy black guy knows the white man all too well, but this recognition is not reciprocated. Act 3, and the finale, sees the white man's head blown off with a shotgun, and I heard some woman scream, presumably about the loss of her lover. Again, the line spoken by the woman, God damn you old black bastard, while you've blown away my dreams, is quite jarring coming from Tom's mouth, but again recognises the reality of racism in the southern states. There's no real commentary or, or position taken on the morality of the actions of either party in this, so the listener is left to draw their own conclusions and to make their own judgments about what has gone on in the narrative. The chorus is another one of those enigmatic Tom Petty lyrics that just frames the whole scene. 
while the sound just split the night like it hiding from the light like strangers in the night. Why strangers in the night was changed to strangered in the night for the title of the song, who knows. It's likely just a mischievous little rock and roll twist like adding brackets around the with you after rocking around. Heck, I even used that trick in my last song. Okay, it's time once again for some Tom Petty trivia. Last week's trivia question was this. On 1993's Greatest Hits album, the last track, Something in the Air, is a cover of which band's number one single from their 1970 album, Hollywood Dream? The answer is Thunderclap Newman. Thunderclap Newman was a project put together by Pete Townsend of The Who, along with The Who's manager, Kit Lambert, to showcase the talents of Speedy Keen, uh, Jimmy McCulloch, and Andy Thunderclap Newman. So John Speedy Keen had been a driver for The Who and shared a flat with Pete Townsend, and he coincidentally wrote the lead track from The Who Sell Out, titled Armenia City in the Sky, and he went on to write the track that the Heartbreakers covered, Something in the Air. Despite the success of that record, the 1970 album was only followed up 40 years later with a second effort, and Keen spent most of the rest of his career as a session musician and producer. Today's trivia question is this. Which two Tom Petty bandmates share a birthday which was celebrated last week. Remember, no cheating. But if you've been following my social media posts, you would have seen their names on my timeline last Thursday. Okay, let's get back to the song. Stranger in the Night is an important song in Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers history, as it was the first time the rest of the band sat in on a recording session for one of Tom's songs, even though it was initially intended as a solo effort. In conversations with Tom Petty, Tom says... That was the first session I brought the Heartbreakers down to. They were watching that go down, and they did the next song, and I overdubbed them onto Stranger in the Night, and that's when I stopped being a solo artist. When Paul Zolo inquires, was that the right move to make? Tom laughs and says, definitely. It's somewhat pointless to speculate how much different Tom's career would have been without the creative input, friendship, and support of the Heartbreakers, and his solo records don't offer huge clues as they heavily feature the band most of the time. In fact, Ben Montench even expressed slight surprise that Wildflowers was released as a Tom Petty solo record rather than a Heartbreakers album. Suffice to say, though, thank the rock gods that Tom clued into the chemistry the band was capable of right from the get-go. Had he not, we may not have the same incredible catalogue that we now enjoy. Alrighty, folks, that's a wrap for episode six. Four more to go on the Heartbreakers debut, and then an album wrap-up episode where I'll be talking to a special guest about the album and their relationship to Tom's music. So even though this isn't a true Blue Heartbreakers song, given the session musicians who played a lot of the instrumentation, it is still one of the stronger cuts on the debut album, I think. And again, that chilling lyric and the sinister slide guitar fills really do give it a very different feel to anything else on the record. So I'm going to score this one 8 out of 10. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in and making this such an enjoyable project to work on. I feel like the podcast is starting to hit its stride now, and it's lovely to see that people are still tuning in. Remember to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Tom Petty Project or at Tom Petty Project on Twitter to keep up with what I'm doing and potentially even get hints and clues about past or upcoming trivia questions. Check out the three excellent definitive Tom Petty books, Petty the Biography by Warren Zanes, Conversations with Tom Petty by Paul Zolo, and Tom Petty and Me by Sizzling Memphis Natural, John Scott. They're all interesting reads in their own way, uh, with different takes on certain events and great personal stories that tie the authors to Tom uh, and his history. 
I've left a great live version of Stranger in the Night in the episode notes, so go check that out too once you're done listening. And until we meet again next week, remember to keep listening to Tom's music, try to be kind, try to say I love you to someone at least once a day, and most of all, stay safe and healthy, and I'll be back with you next week to talk about Fooled Again, I Don't Like It. Bye-bye. Thank you.